Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained. It is Thursday night, and if you can hear our voices, you are exactly where you need to be. She is Karen Frazier. He is Chuck Dotsky. She is Teresa West. Hello. He is Chad Wilson. She is Cheryl Knight Wilson. Hi. I'm Rick Hale, and this is the Paranormal Underground Reunion Show at MixLR. Welcome. Oh, my God, guys. It was like emceeing a rap concert there. I didn't think we were going to show. We got Chucky G over there, man. He is putting down the beats, yo. No. <laughs> were you were you worried that you were going to leave someone out? <laughs> I was. You know what? Actually, if anything, I was afraid I was going to leave myself out. So oh, I would have forgotten okay. myself. <laughs> well, there so we you go. We were, we, were, we were talking a little bit before the show, and we'll find out real quick what everybody's doing. I, unfortunately, am on the DL list until further notice. Uh, so, what is everybody else up to at this uh, moment in time, paranormally speaking, of course? Uh, I am doing, like, almost nothing paranormal. <laughs> I'm still writing for the magazine <laughs> and uh, doing this show, and I'm teaching some, some metaphysic and energy healing types of classes. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Karen. And I just published, just published a book. Well, I was going to say, you've got to talk about oh, your book real quick because it's awesome. Oh, well, I just published a book called uh, the higher vibes tool awesome book she cut out but it's the higher yeah. vibes toolbox and you've got to check it out oh, the higher vibes tool book, there uh, you go. toolbox and it is a total self-empowerment energy healing uh book and then i just finished writing crystals for beginners and that should be out sometime in the fall whoa yeah. you are so i guess i'm doing beaver. a few things <laughs> yeah, and, and and right now I'm doing it all on a crappy computer because my computer's at the hospital. Yes, the uh, computer that has hieroglyphics. Nice. <laughs> yes, I'm on a computer from 2010, so Rick thinks I'm carving hieroglyphics into it. Pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah, don't knock it or that one will shut down too. That's true. <laughs> okay. No bad juju. <laughs> so... Mr. Chucky G, Chuck Gotsky, what yes, are you up to currently? Uh, nothing really, no. Um, I got an investigation coming up at the Egyptian Theater, so we're going to be handling that. Um, I have a event, a motivational event coming up in September 22nd at 7 p.m. at the Sandwich Opera House here in Sandwich, Illinois. Who's motivating you? And what are they uh, motivating you to do? The spirits are motivating me to get out there and touch base with everyone and get them all connected and loving each other again and making this world a little bit better of a place to live. So basically, Chuck, you're a superhero. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. I'm just trying to juggle everything all at the same time. But thanks anyways, though. But yeah, so that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm just kind of getting out there. You know, I work at a local shop mm-hmm. doing readings and uh, teaching meditation and stuff like that, too. But, yeah, this is kind of like the a big event that's coming up. I've been working on it for a while, and I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll come on out there and check it out. Well, that would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Yes, so, it would. So, Ter- Teresa West, what are you doing right now? Uh, well, in general, taking some time off from work, uh, finding my health where it was and 
grabbing it by the throat and telling it to get in line. And paranormally, the last thing I did was uh, Bobby Mackey's back in November with the Wilson folks and Mr. Bob Fountain. Wow. So here's the thing with, with Bobby Mackey's. Now, you hear a lot of stories concerning Bobby Mackey's, you know, that there's that the place is, you know, crawling with demons. Basically, it's the frat house of the damned. Is there any <laughs> truth to that? Um, <laughs> it was too cold for them when we were there. Yeah, it was colder than okay. They don't turn my I wasn't aware that demons had temperature requirements. Yeah. Well, they do. They wear very fancy parkas. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now you know. Yeah, no, uh, we, uh, well, for my part, I can't say we, uh, didn't experience anything big and nasty other than the fact that they turned most of the lights off and, and the heat to go with it, and it was very cold that weekend. <laughs> but I, I did not uh, enter the frat house of the damned. And the Wilson. What are you guys up to? Well, I guess I'll speak for the Wilsons for now. We are still doing Paranormal Underground magazine. And uh, so check it out at paranormalunderground.net. Please tell us what you think. We're always looking for feedback. We love suggestions and, you know, good comments too. So let us know what you think. We're still doing some podcasts for this very radio show. So check it out on Podbean or iTunes called Paranormal Underground Radio. As far as investigations, Teresa just told you about the last one I also went on, which is Bobby Mackey's Music World in Kentucky. And it was a lot of fun to get together and investigate there. Like Teresa said, it was freezing cold. I have... it's right. been it's been like what eight months, but I'm still I still have like tapes to go through. What I have gone through, we caught some audio anomalies, but I I can't be sure that it's not one of us. I think a few of them are not us, but it's just so hard to tell sometimes. And so I still need to run them by Teresa and Bob, and, ma- and make sure they rule themselves out before I can say that we caught anything paranormal on the audio. Sure, there okay. was no Boppy. There was no Boppy no there. Boppy. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Chad, yes, please chime in here. Uh, I did add about 10 years to Cheryl's life because her and Teresa were in this room and I popped up in this little window and (laughs) (laughs) scared her to death. I'm pretty sure the neighbors from across town heard me scream at that point because Teresa and I were just having a nice little time in this room, just relaxing at this point. And there's this little window that's, that's like a little small box shape that I guess goes from this little green room to outside in the bar area yeah it was a cashier's window cashier's window thank you and chad thought it would be oh so hysterical to scare the heck out of us by shouting through this little window when we least expected it it was wasn't it chad oh it was funny (laughs) (laughs) you know everybody everybody on an investigation who's done any kind of investigation at, at all at some point has that story when something that was not paranormal scared the shit out of me. That was the scariest so. part of the night. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, I tried to climb into a very small <laughs> opening in a great big steel safe. Okay. <laughs> I was that guy that night. Yeah. Could not do it. <laughs> was that before or after I bargained with them uh, that if they turn my flashlight on, you'd ride the bull? Was that payback? <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> ah. I'll remember that. I remember we had Bobby Mackey on the show, and uh, 
I, I remember, you know, us speaking to him, and he, I, is, is he still not believing that there's something going on in his That's right. I do remember he's he's very he's yeah. very noncommittal about it. At at best, he's noncommittal. Yeah. He he was definitely a skeptic. I just looked it up. Uh, it was let's see, April of 2011 is when we spoke to Bobby Mackey on our show. Um, it would right. be great to catch up with him again. I wonder if he still does any interviews. I could I could ask. That was one of those shows that was fraught with technical difficulties, was it not? Well, wow, I mean, a show that, that has <laughs> not had a lot of Yeah, really. Like <laughs> I mean, I, I, I think that we would it would be easier to say that was one of those shows that wasn't fraught with technical difficulty to be able to pinpoint those. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're due for some for some technical difficulties anytime now. Nope. So just no. Quiet. no. <laughs> okay, I'm knocking on wood. God no. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, and apparently I'm like I'm like kryptonite or something for machines lately because my oven broke, my computer broke, and my air conditioning broke. So you know, I yeah, I'm giving off electromagnetic pulses or something. (laughs) Rick, I want to know what you are doing next as far as paranormal investigations. Well, you know, as you know, I I do basically um, private homes, so. You know, doing a private home is not like going to one of these big, over-investigated places. You know, you basically either, you know, get your investigations through word of mouth or you get your investigations because you do some kind of advertising on the Internet, you know, website, Facebook page, Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, as, as soon as I am, no, you know, for, for, for anybody who doesn't know, I went through cancer and going through cancer i lost a limb my left leg fortunately though i do have uh what i call lefty (laughs) it's my uh, prosthetic leg so i I am able to walk but um that that's if anybody was wondering why i'm on the dl that's why um i do have one that is set up that's pretty local here in the town that i live in and um i'm just waiting for for my doctor to give me the okay for me to start driving again and Hopefully, I'll get that next week. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. So, yep. It's uh, the last eight or nine months has been very trying for myself and my family. But you know what? We got through it. And I learned a lot about myself. And I learned a lot about life in the process. So, I mean, you know, it's not all bad. But, yeah, I do have one that's lined up that's local. And I can't wait to hit it. Nice. Awesome. Let's just continue the paranormal roundtable by talking about what got you into the paranormal and what is your favorite part of the field? Like, do you like to research ghosts? Do you like to research UFOs or cryptids? Or do you like the metaphysical side of it? What What do you guys think about that? Well, what got me in was um, experiences when I was a kid and just always kind of needing to find a framework for things that I... I saw and experienced and um i do very little with ghosts now although i do in part of a team that that helps people dealing with any type of paranormal or metaphysical experience um uh, just through more counseling type stuff and and that type of thing um but what i like is the you know the energy healing and the metaphysics and the dream interpretation and all the stuff i do for the magazine now Mm -hmm. although i did recently have i was sitting here and 
I can't even think of why, but all of a sudden I just had this, oh, I sure would like to sit in the dark and do an EVP session. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done you one miss for it. years. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, this was the first time that I've, I've had a, oh, that would be kind of fun. So I, I may see if I can do a little investigating somewhere, just kind of an old school. We have a, we have a big gathering at a, a place coming up, and um, I may try to kick it old school for a while. I, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, I, I started it with a, a personal experience myself when I was way younger, like I was probably about 15 years old. Um, that kind of got me into questioning, you know, everything around me. Um, since then, I mean, I've grown quite a lot, I suppose. Um, I still like to do the investigations. I still enjoy um, communicating, you know, through like Karen was talking about, like EVPs and stuff like that. I, I really enjoy enjoy that, though I can communicate in other ways now because of the metaphysical, but I still find some uh, affirmation and stuff like that with uh, using the equipment. But I think I'm more on the end now of just trying to connect with people and help them get through whatever they got to get through and, you know, um, just, you know, try to help them be better people if they so choose and you know and if i can use my experiences and what i've gone through to do that then you know so be it so but i still like doing the investigations as well nice what about you rick rick stepped away for a moment let's go to cheryl or to uh to Teresa. <laughs> yeah growing up in the house that i grew up in and, and spending almost 50 years of my life there there were interesting things that went on we really didn't pay much attention to when we were kids, but, you know, when you get a little bit older and you start pushing the boundaries of how late you can come in without getting killed. Uh, after living in the house for so long, I would just walk through the house in the dark at 3 o'clock in the morning to keep from waking my mother up mm -hmm. and turn the curve and yeah. walk into a white mist that was temperature-wise a lower temperature than the rest of the room and i would literally out loud physically say Shh, don't wake her up i'm home i'm okay <laughs> and so i was always interested in and i always i, I love the little hair on the back of your neck that stands up when you read a good ghost story or a stephen king novel and, mm. and then as i got older at this right around the time that ghost hunters and all started coming on television uh, after I'd found Most Haunted, my favorite show, uh, people would go, you drink too much. You're just crazy. There's nothing going on in your house. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, well, come down there and spend a month or two. And I, I don't debate the fact that I probably was drinking too much in my 30s, but, you know, I say. Uh, and when you start talking to like-minded people that don't, poo-poo you, it's really fun when your friends that told you to go to AA come back and go, there's something going on in my house. So I think, yeah. you know, when you start paying attention to it more is when I, I think everybody has a sensitivity to paranormal activity. It, it, it all goes with how regularly you tune into it and pay attention to it. I mean, when stuff starts flying around the room, it's kind of hard to ignore. But but, and then, you know, seeing the the television shows that would come on and they'd go to places like Waverly Hills, and I'm like, I'm going to Waverly Hills. I don't care what anybody says. And once again, thanks to the Wilsons, uh, gosh, it's been almost seven years ago. Whoa. We went to Waverly wow. Hills. And unlike the people that say, I don't do any research before I go, I want to do the research. Yeah, me too. I, I actually have been... I've, I've actually been asked by uh, Gina Wedlake, the woman that used to co-host with Belle Salisbury, uh, 
she did a show right after Bell's on Friday nights, and she asked me if I would come on and give my interpretation of how our investigation went because I didn't see the creeper, and I didn't see nothing threw rocks at us, nothing jumped out, nothing stalked us down the halls. Not that we didn't have experiences, but, you know, I I wanted to be able to say 63,000 people, it was an impossible number to have died from tuberculosis. Now, when it went to Woodhaven Geriatric Center, and it was closed down because of abuse and neglect, I'd say if there's anything negative there, that that's where that came from. Mm-hmm. But I like sure. to do the research. Uh, unfortunately, you can't find, it's really hard to find medical records on places like that now. But I like to know as much as I can. And I, I've always said that I'm not an investigator. I'm a paranormal enthusiast. Uh, I, I like the experiences. I like the stories. And I mm-hmm. love the locations. Yeah. That's cool. Well, Rick, what about you? Oh. Well, you know, my interest in the paranormal started at a very you know young age. Also, it, um, at when I was eight years old, I interacted and witnessed a very uh, a, a witnessed and interacted with a very kindly spirit in my grandparents' uh, house in Chicago, <clears throat> and uh, that just I don't want to say it changed my life because my life really hadn't even gotten started yet. But um, it definitely set me on a path. Um, it wasn't until I was 17 years old when I did my first investigation in 1991. And I've just been doing investigations since then. And uh, I would have to say that my favorite thing to um, research is not ghosts, but rather poltergeists. Um, I, I, like, uh, I like reading the case studies and, you know, trying to find some kind of uh, similarity between all the you know the 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 rarity of the poltergeist case so Mm -hmm. um i've only ever actually dealt twice with something that i would consider to be a poltergeist one was as the energy was starting to go away and one was kind of dealt with it over the phone but um yeah i would have to i would have to say that that's that's my that's definitely my favorite thing to research yeah that phenomenon is really interesting I mean, as far well, as and it's, yeah. it's, it's what cool the cause to witness is. Too. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cool to witness as somebody who it's not happening to. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, suppose maybe if it was happening in my home or something, but as a third party observer, that's where you yeah. get the, that's where the sizzle is. It's like, yeah, with all the stuff that right. happens. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Chad Wilson, what about you? Well, my main thrust with the paranormal, you know, is basically educating people through the magazine and, uh, also giving people a place to talk about the parent their experiences, you know, through the magazine and maybe like let people know that, you know, they're not alone when it comes to paranormal experiences. Yeah. yeah you've had some exper- par- personal paranormal experiences too, though, haven't you? Yeah. yeah a couple. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> Same for me, as far as um, Karen was talking about early experiences, paranormal experiences, I had many, many of those growing up and so that of course you want to find the answers what's going on what what, you know is there something that can explain this you know what is it and then of course that just spiraled into everything that we have now like the magazine and the radio show and and i think uh, Teresa reminded us at the beginning of the show that it's been eight and a half years since we started paranormal underground the podcast and then through the live show and now now we're back to podcasting fun stuff everything old is new again (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yeah, hang on to that old computer. So true. But you know, you're right. 
You know what I love, though, about the paranormal? I think one of my favorite topics is ufology. I don't know. That has always just intrigued me as far as, you know, intelligent extraterrestrial life. That's fascinating. Yeah. Have you had an experience that's kind of that you can think of that's pushed you in that direction or just just what interests you? I don't know if I've seen a UFO. I saw something in the sky once that was very odd and moved very different than a plane might move or a helicopter or anything that I would know about. So that's pretty much my only experience with a possible UFO. I just read these case files from other people who have experienced like, you know, first contact and all that. And it's just fascinating to me. You'll see in the lightning round later this evening that I have a question about UFOs. So. <laughs> uh, Surprise! Surprise! Hey. Yay! Yeah. All hey, right. do you guys want to take a break? Break time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sounds All right. good. So let's do this. We'll take a break. Uh, we'll come back to Paranormal Underground Radio, the reunion show, uh, in just a minute. <laughs> Stick around. You're listening to Paranormal Underground Radio, the reunion show. We'll be right back. Close Encounters of the Christ Kind. Science fiction author Douglas Brody retells the life of Jesus according to ancient alien theory. As the Bible's angels are revealed to be extraterrestrials, beamed down to create a hybrid golden child who may just change the history of humankind for the better if another visitor from a far planet named Satan doesn't arrive first. The Planet Jesus Trilogy, Book 1, Flesh and Blood. For full background material and ordering information, visit planetjesustrilogy.com where the New Testament meets the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Hey, are you looking for a new paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to GetSpooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to GetSpooked.net slash YouTube. The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by the deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave into their fears and banned the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. It became an unknown world not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you. In order to keep the people away from the truth, it had to be feared forever. Restoring the voice of our people, we give back what once was stolen from you. Your freedom in thinking, creating and believing. The Source of Immortality, written by Maria Anna van Driel. 
www.amazon.com. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. Hey everyone, this is Winter Balefire, contributor for Paranormal Underground Magazine, correspondent for Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, and now I'm very happy to announce a published author. My first poetry book, Love Letters Destroyed, is now available on Amazon.com, Lulu.com, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers. Ebooks are also available. You can also check out pseudosynthpress.com for information on signed copies. Again, that's Love Letters Destroyed by Winter Bellfire. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Paranormal Underground Radio, and this is the reunion show. And uh, we were just uh, just having a good time here talking all things paranormal and some things not quite so paranormal. <laughs> so, hey, thank you so much for listening, everybody, and welcome back, everybody, from our silly break. Just to clarify, there was nothing, absolutely nothing normal about that conversation. So it was paranormal. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> You know, something you got you got a point there. Uh, those <laughs> conversations are normal for me. Well, yeah, for most. <laughs> okay, yeah, never mind. <laughs> All right, so so let's revisit our paranormal roundtable then, and I want to know from each of you how your perspectives have changed over the years about the paranormal field. Have you had a huge shift in philosophy about maybe you were skeptic, now you're a true believer, maybe you were, you know, in the middle, now you're more skeptical? Chad, I want to start with you. What do you think about that? Well, when we first started the magazine, I was more into the scientific aspect of things. And over the years, I've realized that you can't just put a label on something. I mean, there's so many different experiences out there that, you know, I don't think we, we know what's going on, and I don't know if we ever will. So You're moving from being more, well, we've got to look at it from a scientific perspective to being more, no, that, that it shouldn't be bound in that box, is what you're saying. Well, I feel like the, the paranormal is uh, more of a personal experience than anything else. It's kind of hard to explain it. Good point. Chuck, what about you? I think it's changed quite a lot because, uh, you know, I first got into the field that was all about, you know, uh, the equipment and, you know, doing the investigations a certain way. And, you know, I mean, I still do it somewhat. But after things changed for me personally and I, I grew more metaphysically, um, I think I, I had a, a newfound respect for what I was or who and what I was dealing with, you know, as far as um, energy of, you know, people that have passed or, you know, whatever, angels, uh, maybe people that weren't even human, you know, just 
uh, ener energetic beings. I think I've, I've really found a new respect for that and how I connect to it and understand it. And I, I, uh, I, I appreciate it quite a lot more than I used to. So I kind of do a different angle when I go um, on my investigations now. Uh, so I guess that would probably be the best answer for you. Mm -hmm. Rick, what about you? Well, you know, my, my positions have pretty much remained the same over the years. But if there's one thing that has somewhat changed is I don't like just dismiss. Like when I see a picture or a video or whatever on Facebook, like, the, like for example, the video that's going around right now with the guy uh, allegedly having paranormal activity going on in his uh, hotel room in Texas. I don't know if any of you guys have seen this. I have not. No, I've not. Nope. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting video. He's like taking video of things moving in his um, in his hotel room. It, it's in Texas. I can't remember the guy's last name. I think his last name is Ramirez, if if memory serves me correctly. But anyways, the point of the matter is, is like a lot of people are like, well, that's fake, or no, that's real. And but the thing that's changed for me is, is I don't want to just dismiss something or accept something outright, especially if somebody asks me what my opinion is. Because I don't think that we can really give a honest determination on something unless we've actually been there and investigated and seen for ourselves and talked to the people who are having these experiences. So I think that that's something that's changed for me. I just don't like to dismiss something or believe something right away without actually experiencing it for myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. I'll chime in with mine before I go to Teresa and Karen, since mine kind of uh, sort of goes along with yours, Rick, what you just mentioned is that I found that you can't, I cannot just disregard somebody's personal experience because it may sound crazy or different than what exactly. I ha know or believe in or have experienced. And that I have a whole different perspective as far as I may have been a little bit more judgmental many years ago, even though I had my own probably what people would deem crazy paranormal experiences right. um so i totally agree i now hear hear things and i'm like okay wow i wonder what's going on there i don't just automatically deem it real or not real but keep an open mind to this person says they experienced this and if they did we don't know why or how yet and so i yeah i'm totally on that page Teresa, what about you what do you think well, it's clear that we have at one time all been talked down to by skeptics. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I don't want to be dismissive. I, it's also clear, though, that a lot of people take these television shows and don't understand the editing process of what actually goes on when that, that footage is turned over to the production company to make it mm. into a, an entertainment show. So I think a lot of people have been jaded by it's all fake, it's all fake, it's all fake. Um, and I'm, I've always said that I'm not a scientist. I can't tell you how to measure things in the physical world. So I surely can't tell you how to measure something in something that's beside the physical world. So I, I dreadfully want to see a scientific measurement, and I dreadfully don't want to see a scientific measurement. Hmm. I think it's better hmm. if there's something out there that we just don't know why it happens. It just happens. Totally. Karen, chime in here, please. 
Well, for me, everything's changed. I, yeah. I you know, everything has and nothing has, honestly. is, And that sounds like a really stupid new agey answer, and I'm sorry for that. Um, but, it's, <laughs> yeah, but, but it's true yeah. that, um, you know, when I first started, everything, I, I've always had an insatiable curiosity about things, and that hasn't changed. I remain, I want to know about everything, and I mean everything. So I'm an incredibly curious person. I'm a lifelong learner, and I always want to be learning things. Um, but I had, I came to the paranormal with this series and set of experiences that I had that I had kind of bundled into this um, uh, thought about myself that I was probably crazy. And um, I very, and, and that other people who were reporting things like that were, pro or, or misremembering or something, and that other people who were reporting things like that were crazy, misremembering. Uh, confabulating mm -hmm. uh, or misinterpreting things like that and and I spent my first couple of years at writing blogs for paranormal underground about how I just I just didn't know and how I was very um, very agnostic as a matter of fact I wrote an entire book about it <laughs> and then uh, the book didn't publish and then I actually just recently re-edited the book um, and published it because it's an interesting for me kind of a, a meander through the journey that I took when I just didn't know what I believed and I've gone from there to um, just knowing that, that my experiences are real and that the unkindest thing I could have done to myself was to put those experiences in a box and call them things that they weren't because what that did was that was harmful to me because I wasn't um, because I was making myself wrong for things that I truly experienced uh, because mm -hmm. I wanted to fit sure. in or wanted to have things within an existing framework or things like that. And um, so everything has changed in that I don't do that anymore and I don't do that with other people just like the rest of you. I'm really open to people's experiences and I'm open to helping them find ways to interpret them because I've spent the last several years really um, coming to terms with my own experiences and not just interpreting them but... Uh, integrating them into my entire being and who I am and the way I present in the world. And I think that I'm a kinder, more compassionate person who's really out to help people and also to help and empower myself. And, and that has really changed. And, uh, you know, my journey through the paranormal and doing the radio show with, with Rick and Chuck and you guys and all of that has been an incredible uh, part of that growth. So... I, I thank all of you because it's been really amazing for me. So that's a really long meandering answer, but the truth <laughs> is it's so hard to explain because everything no. has changed. Everything yeah. has changed, but mm -hmm. nothing has changed because I still have those experiences that I always had. I just have stopped making myself wrong for having them. Yeah, my sister compartmentalized everything that happened to her in our growing up years. Mm -hmm. And shoved it into the back of her brain and outwardly denies it and yep. the only thing that loosens that box up is a bottle of bourbon <laughs> I but, call that vodka honest I understand yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but she will talk about it and she will discuss it openly and quite frankly once you grease that tongue up a little bit <laughs> but other than that we're all nuts no I get it I just kind of embraced it and went Wow, cool. 
Yeah. See, and you know what? You guys ever notice something too? Like that is the very first thing that a person ever says when they experience something that's they anomalous. They think I'm crazy. Exactly. They think I'm and crazy, I, but. Exactly. And how many mm-hmm. times have we, as investigators, we've gotten that call from that person that's like, you might think I'm crazy, but. And it's like, no, I don't think you're crazy. I do think that you did experience something. You may not have actually experienced a ghost. You could have some, experienced something that, that is completely natural and that you just don't know. But that is always the first thing you hear from people. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, even with even with everything, I mean, you know, paranormal entertainment is uh, clearly, even Rob Lowe has a paranormal show apparently now. So paranormal <laughs> entertainment it was on last is, night. It, it makes it seem like this is this big, big accepted thing. Um, but you're right. It's still very secret. There are members of my family who acknowledge this. And I mean, I've written a bunch of books. I'm very open about who I am and what I do. And I have some members of my family who will not acknowledge it. Oh, yeah. And if, if, it, if it even comes up a little bit, yeah. <laughs> It's they, they direct the direct it away very quickly. So, I mean, there's there's still a real stigma about it, and that's for me. Um, I'm really I I feel for people because I get it because people say be your authentic self, right? Don't you hear that all the time? Right. All yep. we want you to be is be mm-hmm. your authentic self. Yet I had genuinely had these experiences. I genuinely have these experiences, but when I'm my authentic self, people are like, no, too much. Yeah, exactly. Not that authentic, right. please. Yeah. That's a little more authentic than we're looking for. Yeah, mm-hmm. Here's a, an interesting thing that ties into that. Now, my mother, as you all know, uh, suffered and ultimately died with Alzheimer's disease. And she vehemently denied ever experiencing anything in that house until right about the time that we discovered that she was far past living by herself and I was going from my job at 10 o'clock at night to check on her before I drove all the way across the world to go home. And she would be asleep every night, and I'd make sure there was a light left on and that she was safe in bed. And the next morning, I would go to check on her again, and she'd be laying in her bed watching up and down the hall. And she'd say, I didn't sleep, I didn't sleep, I didn't sleep. And I said, Mom, you were asleep at 10 o'clock when I came in. She said, yes, but things wake me up. And this was when she was in her dementia period. So I I think that a little bit of your self-consciousness maybe pecks away. The filters are gone, yeah. Yeah. So I think there on the end that she was terrified to live by herself. And, of course, we thought she was fine. But so I, it was kind of interesting that I could sit there on her bed and watch her her head turn down the hallway, knowing that there was not another living human in the house. Yeah. And then I was like, "Man, I don't want to move back in here." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like it when the filters start coming off and people start going, "Oh, you know, Wade actually accused me of drinking too much too." Oh, Wade. He said, Why do we always talk about these things? When we've been drinking, and I was like, "Honey, we always drink. It's Sunday afternoon. We've yeah, been that's to watch right. The, we've been to watch the race. We're sitting here have a conversation, and there's a woman looking over my right shoulder. She's very interested in what we're talking about. And he at that time had not seen anything. Yeah. And then, like two weeks later, the apparition showed up while he was watching television. 
and he had not had a drink, and I was asleep. He said, I started to poke you and say, it's for you. (laughs) But then after that, he stopped doubting the fact that we lived in a haunted house. Oh, yeah. You know, it's been interesting to watch Jim as well, because, you know, I mean, the joke has long been that Jim is tacking a science geek, and and he never flat out said, uh, you're nuts or anything but, but he was, you know he, although he, he was, was fully aware of it when he married you well yeah exactly but it was you know more of a it, there was definitely a, a high skepticism and a high level of proof that was required for him to to believe he believed that I was having the experiences I said I was but even at Wellington he had a few experiences but he he always kind of um held back and then we were about two years ago now probably um we were at the the veterans museum here in town and he had an experience and um and you know you have that experience and all of a sudden a lot of that skepticism just down the drain oh wait should have been on the show by all rights because the, Mm -hmm. the tales of his grandparents house are unbelievable the house he grew up in, so he he yeah. should have been one of our guests at one point. <laughs> well, he was on the show, but only in our Real Men of Genius commercial. Uh, yeah. That guy, oh Wade, Wade, Wade is that the guy. singer of Real Men of Genius. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I had queued that up tonight. We'll have to revisit that one here soon. <laughs> A future show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I have it anymore. I, I have it even. Do I you? have it. Yeah, I've got it somewhere. I just I don't have it handy, but I have oh, it. Oh, Jim. Jim says Jim says we do. It must be on his computer in the back. That's even older than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it stored on an old uh, desktop tower, but I don't have a monitor for it. So it might actually be in my iTunes still too. It never pops up like when my iTunes are random playing or anything. <laughs> okay, who ha- has been your favorite guest on Paranormal Underground Radio? ever and you all have been a part of paranormal underground radio some since the beginning some some really early on so i want to know who it could be one person it could be a few people who have been your favorite guests over the years uh rick can we start with you yeah um mr andrew vajago oh my god (laughs) yes time traveler (laughs) We had, didn't we have, or rather, heated discussion, the three of us, on the breaks of that show? Yes. Rick and I are like, I don't yes. know, this guy's a little much. And Cheryl's like, you guys are just being so close-minded. <laughs> and Rick and I are both like, oh, Yes, we did. We were, like, we were like a little <laughs> <No>. heated. <laughs> like, so, hey, we can have those discussions, though. That's a good thing about it, you know? Well, we were perfectly oh, yeah. polite to him on the show. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. I had forgotten all about him, Rick. And just for listeners who don't know, Andrew Bishago, uh is a Project Pegasus, and he talked about time travel and traveling back to, um, like, Gettysburg, and um, wasn't there some, isn't there some alien stuff in there, too? Mars. I remember yes. that Mars now. with yes. Barack Obama. Mars. <laughs> as, as, and as a kid, That's he was... right. He went when he was Barry Santero. He, yeah, he, yeah, he Barry was... Yeah, He was in a... I can't remember the was it Project Pegasus. I can't remember the Project Pegasus or some project that they were doing with time travel. It was Project Pegasus. Yeah, but there was also something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you guys, oh. if our listeners haven't um, checked out his story, check it out. Decide for yourself. It is a fascinating. It's fascinating, show. It is nonetheless. Fascinating. Whatever you believe. 
no hey, honor Rick. fireworks. It was we kept it all hey, off. The yes, air. yes. You know, yeah, yeah. God, come on. Um, it, who's been your favorite guest, Rick? My favorite guest? Yes. Oh boy, there were so many favorite guests. Um, you know, I really liked talking to Nick Redfern. I've mm. always love Redfern. Love yeah, his fun. work. Yeah. And and definitely and and the, the second. Well, I mean, it's another Englishman, uh, Dr. Steve Parsons. Mm-hmm. I have oh, yeah. the utmost respect for Steve's work. Um, he's actually kind of a hero of mine, and I love to, and 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 I love the fact that that I can just message him anytime if I have a question or whatever, mm-hmm. and he can give me an answer. Definitely, the, the, those two are my my favorite guests. Mm-hmm. Nick Redford says stuff that just freaks you out, though. Oh, my God. Love Nick I loved him, but oh, after his shows, his were the shows where I'd lay awake that night just staring at the ceiling. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, was, was it a kind of, we're coming to get you, Barbara? <laughs> no, just, I just, just, he, the stuff that he would talk about was so different from stuff that I thought about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, um... Kind of blew your mind, man. Yeah, I love, blew my mind. I love guests that blow... Yeah, that, that blow your mind. Because it's like they bring up stuff that yeah. maybe you haven't thought of or maybe you haven't thought of in the light that they've talked about. So they kind of shift your perspective. I love that. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Teresa, who has been your favorite guest over the years? Uh, I, I have to cull between this show and Proximity Paranormal to remember, actually, who I interviewed. Why? Uh, you listen to another show? Oh, you're on a I hosted show. another <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have notebooks. They're in my attic right now of every guest that I listen to on this show. Mm-hmm. On Lane Rohan's show, on Proximity Paranormal, I took notes on all of the guests, uh, just in case I needed recall. Of course, now they're buried, so the recall is gone at this point. Uh, on on this show, Barry Taff was one of my favorites. Yeah, Barry mm-hmm. was fun. He uh, went a couple times. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Jason Haxton, I like that one. Dibbick uh, Box. He's one of my favorites. The Dibbick Box. Yep. I I love Jason. Um, who is no longer in possession of the Dybbuk box. He sold no. it to, to Zach Bagans, right? Yeah. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then, let's see. Oh, uh, Karen asked me to co-host when Jody Cook was on to talk about the Ohio Grassman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, Jody's one of my favorites just because of the way he talks. Uh, <laughs> kind of the way Karen, when she first heard Wade's voice on Skype, She's yeah. like, I just, just tell him to call me. I just want to listen to him I, talk. I have a, I have a crush on Teresa's husband's voice. I, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, he could so, just talk. He could just talk to me, and I just. Uh, yeah, hang around him for 13 years. You'll get over that. Well, you guys are <laughs> summer, so I'll get to. I, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna re- follow him around and record him when you're here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you can so, call him anytime you want. So those are the highlights <laughs> for you, Teresa. Chuck, what about you? Oh, geez, man. There's like there's like a million of them. But um, as far don't as... don't have that kind of time. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, 
Uh, so, but there are a couple. There's one of them that really cracked me up. Uh, versus, yeah. you know, getting the information was that Barb and Gabby. Remember that one, Karen, with the Bigfoot lady, with the dog. Oh, OMG! I loved her. Yes, she was awesome. She was so she's funny from and like Washington. Yeah, yeah she's from she Washington. Was, yeah, she was awesome. She was extremely funny. Was she Barb uh, Shoop? Barb Shoop. Yeah, Barb uh, Shoop. Yeah, yep. informative. Yep. Yes, informative. Yep. Funny. Yeah, yeah she, took, loved her. she took my jokes well about uh, you know uh, slim gyms and such, but um, <laughs> oh. uh, but also, but then I we. Didn't. Have, I know that's okay, um, but the the what it really interested me and you know we talked about he's not around anymore. I don't know whatever happened was Dale E. Berry. I found him to yes. be a very fascinating. Carol. Love him. Um, you know, I liked. I got you know I had his one book and I just found found him a very fascinating person just to listen to and he had a lot to say. Mm -hmm. um, and so, he's a lovely human being. Yeah, mm -hmm. he's a really nice guy. I so, miss him. Where is yeah, he? I don't know. I'm kind of sad that he's gone. You know, but I mean, there's a lot yeah. of other tons and tons of other guests, but those are the two that really came to me because he was more on the you know a lot of like information overload really. And then um, you had her where she was just so. I'm chasing Bigfoots with my dog, and you know it's just hilarious. Mm -hmm. But she was a really really cool lady. So. So, yeah. Karen, what about you? You can't guess. Um, I might. Stanton Friedman. Uh, yeah. Stanton Friedman is one of them, but it's because he's mm. fun. Yes. He cracks me up. He's fun. Yeah. He's a smart guy. He's credible, I think. And he's a walking soundbite. He just, I mean, he's entertaining. Uh, the one that we never got that what I would have loved to have had was the guy with the hair from the ancient aliens. The Greek guy. Giorgio. Georgia, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I, I tried to talk to him, but then I tried. Oh, my! Uh, but my absolute all-time favorite. I know who it is, of course. Who is it? Raymond Moody. Doctor Raymond Moody, absolutely. He's a lovely man. He's gracious, and he sparked. He started this whole thing for me when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we have. What did we do? One or two with him? I think we we've done. We two. did three with him. We did three. Are I you think sure? We did two or three. Okay. Well, I, I think, think we did two. I think we two or three. Yeah. Yes. But he. I mean, he was very gracious, and I just loved him. And then the other one that I really enjoyed it. I can't remember her name, but mm -hmm. it was the one that um, that Michael Newton recommended for us. Oh, I'm the blanking. life between lives hypnotherapy lady, and and Daryl's one of my favorite as well. Daryl Berry, I love him. Mm, yeah. I, I wish I I can't remember her name either. I'm sorry. I wish I could. And I have to say also, Bob from Spectral Tech, Jack Kenna, and Ghost Gadget Guy. All right. Those <laughs> yes. Are yes. Okay, Chad. What about you? Well, I like uh, I like some of our older guests like uh, Shannon Sylvia, and uh, then uh, was fun. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, uh, cool. Alexandra Holzer. She was that was pretty cool. And then anything Dybbuk box. Oh, yeah. yeah. That Dybbuk box, box, I tell you. were always a wild ride. You, you, yeah. you had to sort of strap yourself in and prepare for anything. Mm -hmm. Oh, my eyes were burning that night talking Mine about Mine, too. Oh, I know. Yeah, so I know. true. Weird. I'm like, is this all yep. psychological or is it real? Like, I couldn't figure it out, oh, but my well, eyes were burning. Don't you remember the first time? Yeah. Don't you remember the first time JD had to get off the phone because there was a tornado coming? Yes. I remember. Oh yeah. And the next day he and the next day he was diagnosed with Rocky Mountain spotted fever. 
Yeah. Yep. Seriously, crazy stuff going on there. Don't mock the box, Don't, man. That's the key phrase right there. So I have a few standouts, and although I love all of our guests equally, mostly, just kidding. Um, <laughs> there's yes, few, we love all our guests. Yes, we do. Um, yes. There's a few that really I, I thought about for a long time afterwards. Stanton Friedman talked to him twice, and... Yeah, Karen, you you covered it about Stanton. He's just, I mean, an amazing person who's full of so much knowledge and is just shares it so freely. I just love that. And he's um, so fun. Yeah, and he's, he's kind of he's kind of pissed off at people too, which makes it <laughs> fun. He's kind of got the whole angry because he he's mad at the establishment and all the cover ups and yeah, yeah. Stanton um, doesn't take any shit. I like that. I think Lloyd Auerbach has to be at the top oh, of my yeah. list. Oh. He, again, is another guest who just, I mean, he just is just a wealth of knowledge on um, all different types of paranormal phenomena. And plus, he, you know, he, his viewpoints really make you think. And, mm-hmm. you know, what he, he often talks about, you know, what causes paranormal phenomena? Is it the human agent? Is it really somebody f- from an afterlife or whatever? And I love those topics that just make you think. Those guests who come on and make you think. Also... Steve and Amy from the Dead Files, we've talked to at least twice. Oh, um, yeah, they're fun. Too. Maybe three yeah. times. Yeah, they're, um, they're cool. I, I think three times. I love yeah. talking to both of them. Like, if you haven't heard the, the episodes with Steve and Amy from the Dead they're Files, g- please check them out. They are a lot of fun. They give you they background, fun. inside look at the show that you just won't, you won't know and from an edited show that you see on TV. Yeah, and you, yeah, yeah you might so not funny. know that because the show is so serious, but they have a great sense of humor. They're very friendly, very down-to-earth. I love those shows with them. And I think the last one that stood out was, yeah. was the two times we talked to Guy Lyon Playfair. And oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. my God. Infield Poltergeist. Remember idea? that guy? Yeah. What was that, Rick? Yeah, I was just saying, I mean, you know, it's like those right there, Guy Lyon Playfair, when I interviewed him, those are the kind of people you want to impress, man. He's, I mean, he's your he's your Raymond Moody. Yeah, that's how I am about exactly. with Raymond Moody. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I mean, I was so scared and so nervous talking to this guy who, you know, he he was there he's a giant the in the field. Yeah, guys. Yeah. Exactly. He was there at Enfield, mm-hmm. not the Warrens, but the SPR, right. and he was there and just being able to talk to the person that experienced and lived through those, through that kind of thing that was like, oh my god, I don't want to make myself look stupid with this one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have one more I have one more to add. Yes. Actually. I yes. just remembered Neil McNeil. Oh Neil, yes. He was great. Love Neil. Neil Neil is always really funny and informative and just super smart. And um, and Neil's always been a great guest too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, all our uh, we've learned something from every guest we've ever had on, and mm-hmm. we've got a few of our past guests in the chat room that ha- have been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Ghost Gadget Guy, Bob from Spectrum Tech, Jack Kenna was in here earlier. I think he might yeah. might have clicked out. Yeah, but he's you may been have on. seen mm-hmm. Jack on. Uh, I think it's Paranormal Survivor and a couple other paranormal shows. He uh, shares his case Chuck, files on those shows. Chuck Gotsky, he's Chuck the guest. Gotsky, G. Our end of the world 2012 show, I believe. Oh yes. <laughs> it was the December. Yeah. It was it was December 21st, 2012. What yeah. the hell did you expect from us? We were all dying, right? 
<laughs> oh, it was the end of the world the next day, baby. We were, yeah. we, 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 we were going to die. We were, we were living it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Thank we you. even you... illegally played music. We did. <laughs> you got to go to remember what? folks what? like uh, Stan Romanek and the interviews with Bobby Mackey because those were the two mm-hmm. where yeah. things got really crazy and the, the technical difficulties were just crazy. Did we have technical difficulties with Stan oh, Romanek? Yes. I don't, I don't remember. remember. I don't remember that, that but you know, that's a long time ago for me. So well, first, <laughs> that could have been another one that I listened to as well. It could have been yeah. on Dave Burke's show. But uh, I we, remember we did we did have a lot of technical difficulties. But I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, also, you know who was fun was um, Rex Harrison. Ah, uh, Destination Truth. Yes. Yes, Har- he was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think didn't we have like Ben Hansen came on? But yes, once or twice. A couple, and, a couple yeah, times. Ben was cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, another favorite that it just clicked into my my mind was Andrea Perone. Oh yeah, she's such a lovely man. Mm. The, the Conjuring House. The, yeah, yes. You know, cool. we could do this all day. Yeah. I mean, we, we could, could just go yeah. on and on and on. We have we have more than three hundred shows under our belt. <laughs> between especially between Chuck, Rick, and I, we interviewed a lot of people. Yeah. Yes. You guys have. And now it's making me remember Here? the good times. I mean, we, we stopped the show because I was feeling a little burned out and stuff. But now I'm remembering all the good times and I'm thinking, aw. So we're all going to do this every week now? Or what? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I wonder my, how long my nephew and his fiance would love me for that. <laughs> Well, it's clear that they work too much because they're still not home yet. So. Yeah, well, maybe not every week, but, you know, maybe consider more often getting mm-hmm. together. If, if you yeah, guys are you know, so inclined. I could be down for that. All right. So uh, I want to know, before we go to the lightning round, I want to know, in all of your paranormal investigations that you have done personally, what piece of evidence have you captured or could be more than one piece of evidence but that you were really thrown off by that you just didn't expect to get such a good piece of paranormal evidence um chuck can we start with you sure yeah i I would say right away first ward schoolhouse where we were setting up and we had all our static recorders like just running because that's what you do when you're setting up because that's when you usually catch Mm -hmm. stuff when you're not paying attention and we had one down in the the basement and there was a story that when nuns used to work there there was a nun that lived underneath the stairs and there was like this room and everything so we just stuck the, the recorder in there and then i remember going through evidence like you know days later and we hear this like a, that's not like a man yelling, and then a lady like screaming in distress, and it's super loud and super clear. Wow. Uh, we we checked all our, you know, DVRs. We knew where everybody was. There was only one woman in the building, anyways, and that was uh, Janine that was working with us. And they were three floors up, and it was happening because we hadn't even set up yet. So to get something like that that was just so pronounced, you know, whether it was residual or not, just kind of like blew me away because it was just it was just way too clear, you know. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What about you, Chad? Um, that one night we were in the bedroom. We heard a doorknob jingle, like somebody was trying to open it. And we got up and run over there and looked, and there was nobody there. That happened in our very house, yes. <laughs> that wasn't so much an investigation, nice. but that was crazy right there. That that apartment was uh, had some interesting things going on there. I would oh, say is that. that, isn't that where the desk chair turned around to? Yes, yeah, yeah. my yeah. desk chair turned around uh, all the way around, like, it, it was facing the desk, 
Chad got up and left the room. I was sitting on the couch. And all of a sudden, as he turned the corner out of the room, the chair just started turning all the way around and then faced back at the desk. <laughs> I was like, You uh, know, we what? had... We, uh, we were, weren't we on the air when that happened? No, we were not on the... Chad oh, yeah, and I we had were. been watching a movie. No, at my house, we've had that. We've oh, had you! That happen. I mean, we've had... We've had stuff on my oh, house yeah. when we're on the air. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you yeah and you've had some Rick. weird stuff happening upstairs mm-hmm. in your house when we were doing the yeah. show. Yeah. yeah. And I know Rick yeah. Rick yeah, used to have a visitor. It. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I could see the guy. The guy coming in the cardigan coming down the stairs at Rick's house. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Oh, yeah. So, yep. Rick, we were talking about, in all of your paranormal investigations that you've done personally, what evidence have you captured that you've been very impressed by? Well, I've had a lot of really great EVPs, and there, there's been some, you know, really cool photographs. But it's more of a more of a personal experience, something okay. that wasn't really captured. Um, it was when I used to hang with um, the McHenry County Paranormal Research Group. This was, you know, maybe about five years ago. Mm-hmm. We were investigating a house in Waukegan, Illinois, and we were talking to the client and the client's mother in the kitchen and I'm like looking down this hall and all of a sudden out of nowhere this tall blonde haired woman in white clothes just appeared I mean I actually Mm. watched her just appear in this hallway and I watched her as she walked into this bedroom now myself and another investigator we, we immediately ran to this bedroom and this bedroom was like the size of a jail cell. It was not big at all. There was nowhere for this tall, blonde-haired woman to hide. And the only people in the room were the, um, was the homeowner's daughter and her African-American friend. And the owner was Armenian. So, you know, with Armenian, they have, they're, they have, they have black hair and they're, their complexion is very olive colored. There was yeah. Think no Kardashian. way. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. And um, there was nowhere for this woman to hide. And we even asked these two girls, like, did you see a blind, a tall blonde haired woman come into this room? And it scared them. So they're like, no, we haven't seen anything. And there was no way in the world that these girls were messing around. I watched this person mm. just, appear wow and it was like that's pretty cool that was the second coolest thing i have ever experienced as a paranormal investigator the second the first being the one where when i was eight years old and mrs mcnett the spirit of mrs mcnett touched my face and said with a very thick irish accent you are a fine young lad, and I want oh. to disappear as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, you are a fine young lad, Rick Hale. <laughs> oh, oh look at that. Hey, I have to but, chime in really yeah, quick. I want to chime in really quick, Rick. Remember Willow Creek Farm in the door? Oh, yes. How could I possibly forget <laughs> the door? You, 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 you tell them about this, Chuck. Oh, my God. Because there are so many that you can't remember them all. That's why, honestly. Oh, my God. It was the funniest yeah. thing because we, we were all we were at Willow Creek Farm. We were doing an investigation. Rick was with us, and we're all sitting at the table. Everyone's sitting at the table. We had 
taken the, 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 the door and latched it shut to the basement. And it's like those old farm doors sort of skinny, and they had the really deep latch. So we knew we had latched mm -hmm. it. Rick was sitting with his back to the hallway where the door was, and I was sitting right in front of him. And we're everybody's talking, having a good time. And also, we start hearing, Rick and I start hearing this jiggling of the latch. And it's getting louder and louder and louder. And we're looking at each other, and our eyes were getting bigger and bigger. And we're looking around, and we're trying to, like, take stock, like, is everyone here? Is everyone yeah. here? And all of a sudden, it just slams, and the whole door just slams open in the hallway we just oh jumped right God. up like what the hell just happened and we ran over there and the door is wide open man and it was just like the freakiest thing the freakiest thing yep uh, that was way cool that's pretty yeah. cool <laughs> wow yeah two reactions first you say it then you do it yeah pretty much <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, what how I know you've done a few paranormal investigations, Waverly, Bobby Mackey's, maybe some more. What, what what would you say has impressed you with either a personal experiences, or personal experience, or evidence that you've captured? Yeah, mine's completely anecdotal because I don't have any anything measured on any type of electronic devices. Mm -hmm. But uh, Waverly Hills is off the chain, active, nearly from the moment you walk through the door. I've heard that about Waverly Hills. And yeah. you can you can feel it in the driveway. You don't even the minute you go on the property. Of course, I had a lot of expectation because that was mm -hmm. the that was the big one. That was the bucket list, the, the very tip top rim of the bucket list. And the I I tried to debunk the ball thing that we had happened to us on the fourth floor, and. Wade and I both saw it. Uh, he picked one of those rubber balls up and rolled it down the hall and said, want to play? And it rolled into one of the solariums, you know, that had the windows in them, mm -hmm. the sunrooms. It wasn't like one of the patient porches. It was it was like a little sunroom on the end. They had windows in all of those. All of the windows were closed. Uh, I said, find out, you know, if this concrete's been refinished, if there's anything, because it came back out in the hall. Yeah, but uh, while we're watching it with a flashlight on it, and then after it rolled back out in the hall, it turned around and rolled back into this room, almost all the way up to the window, stopped wow. and came came back at us, not in a straight path, but you know. So we the concrete had been newly finished, the windows were closed. Um, there was no concrete dust or anything on the floor for it to roll into and come back. There was nothing that could set that, that path. It just did. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, all in all, everybody has tried to debunk that with wind and the deformity of those rubber balls. And so I don't hold a, it was fascinating. I don't hold a lot of expectation that we were seeing anything highly paranormal. It was just somebody playing with a ball. Um, the cool thing for me is people that would come to my house and tell me later on after the fact that they had seen this full body apparition at our house. Mm -hmm. uh, the, uh, one of our best friends sat with my mother for a long time before she passed away, and she would start to look for her, you know, just like, and, and she would show up in different places in the house for Carla than she did for us. 
So that was really cool. As she came one time after my sister had moved back in the house and brought her niece with her to uh, feed my sister's dogs. Uh, or cats. It was the cats. She took the dog with her. But uh, Betsy, who has her own ghost stories, looked up at one of the windows and said, Who's up there? Who else is here? And so Carla said, Nobody's here. Melinda's on the road. And she said, I'm not going in that house. There's somebody. And it was the window that the woman stood in front of for the last 50 years. So that was the cool ghost stories for me. It was actually people coming back and going. And, mm-hmm. and Betsy, Betsy knew nothing about the house. So that's, that's my favorite evidence is having somebody come back and go, how did you live there? Well, we had a piece, you know. When I grew up there. No big deal. <laughs> but I, did, I did sit down in the, in the living room and have a long conversation with the ghost in the house when we moved out for the last time and told them that if they wanted to torture my sister, they were more than welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> but that if it was up to me and there was a better place that they could go and take a rest after their long inhabitation of that place, that they should feel welcome to do so. And, yeah. and be at rest, you know, I, I wasn't going to try to cross anybody over. I was just going to ask them if there was another place they could go if they didn't want to look at it but but if they wanted to stay and torture her that was fine with me (laughs) (laughs) well karen what about you what evidence has impressed you so it's hard to choose right i mean and honestly i have always shared it so freely and openly in my books and and in my articles and things so i'm trying to come up with something that's impressed me that i maybe have not shared and i don't know if i actually have shared this i can't tell you a lot because it was a private home investigation um, and I don't really want to identify much other than that I will say that the, um, I, as we did a walkthrough, this was this big, huge farm property. And um, I was the first one out. I did a walkthrough um, with one of the homeowners. And they weren't living there anymore. They were trying to sell it. And as I was doing the walkthrough, there are several outbuildings on this property. It's, it's several acres. And I was in one of the one of the buildings. And this guy came up to me. And, I mean, not like anything I, I saw him in my head. Mm-hmm. And he started talking to me. And I could tell immediately that he was um, developmentally disabled. But what he kept saying is he kept saying retard. Now, you know, that is not an okay word right now in our this day and age. But that's what right. he kept saying. And so, finally, I said it to the homeowner. And I drew a picture of the guy. And I told her his name. I said, and this is what he says his name is. And she said, let me tell you a story. She said, I used to be a nurse in a home for adults with developmental disabilities. And this guy, uh, and she said his name, and it was the name I had given her. She said, this guy you drew with the clothes he's wearing and the hairdo and the name used to always joke about, um, he, he used to everything he would say, he would say, you retard. And then he would laugh. And she said, and... Um, I was transferred to a different facility, and I was worried because um, they were transferring people with lesser levels of disability to places where they weren't going to have the level of supervision that they'd had in this place because the state was closing this place down. And she said, and he um, he choked and died the day I transferred. And she's and and Mm. he had she's he had been with her this whole time. I still get chills thinking about this. I mean, because I drew this guy. Yeah. She was like, that is him. I, I drew this guy. And um, I don't know, have I ever told you guys that story before? Probably not. because it was No, I remember that. Uh, 
No. Yeah, and um, it's still talking about it now. Is giving me chills again because it was it, she. I mean, the name, what he looked like, the the you retard thing, the all of it. It was just incredible. Well, that's gonna make my yeah. my thing seem really weird and not as not not as not as good. <laughs> It'll be just fine, Cyril. Wow, I should have gone first. Left you for the last. <laughs> um, alrighty then. Um, hey, I saw a chair move. No, um, I think we did an unofficial investigation of the Queen Anne Hotel in San Francisco. It's a beautiful, it's more like an inn than a hotel. It's, it's, it's a beautiful location in San Francisco. Anyway, it was my kids and Chad and I, and we were doing an EVP session in the haunted room at the hotel. And um, we, see, and I, you know, I don't know, but we seemed to have a, a conversation with someone who was kept knocking in response to our questions at diff on at different areas of the room so it was not just in one location you know it was behind us it was over on the side it was here it was there i think even chad might have been a little impressed by that <laughs> um chad you can correct me if i'm wrong but it just was i've i had never experienced anything kind of like that where it seemed like there was possibly a spirit trying to communicate back to us in that fashion and so as far as an investigation that that was pretty pretty interesting i thought yeah um that wasn't boring at all okay okay good Phew. that was great <laughs> great Cheryl. Oh, that really boring. okay all right hey do i detect sarcasm no 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 never never um nice I had yes. an interesting thing happen that, that's also one of my favorites while I was reading Karen's first book mm. about I Wellington. Remember. Oh, yeah. Wellington was always Tell cool. us. Uh, I, I, Is this the one you told me about? Teresa? Yeah. I yeah. went and sat down on my couch on a Saturday. Uh, Wade was playing, so I was by myself. The cats were asleep. And I get about halfway through the book into the section where she's describing the children that were on this train while they were snowed in and them playing games and um, something uh, like pulls hair out of a ponytail. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And she's describing in the book how they would feel while they were walking, they'd feel children close to them and I don't have kids never had kids never been around kids uh, but I like them so I guess they felt like really cool that they could come and I had my back up against the arm of the chair and my legs stretched out or on the couch my legs stretched out all just camped back and and while something's rubbing uh, from my knee down to my ankle just rubbing my leg like it's petting me yeah uh, yeah, you're cool here. And then talking about some of the more cantankerous things that went on uh, in an apartment, you know, you have right in front of the door a little tile section, and then it goes into carpet. So while I'm sitting there, I hear a noise on the tile next to my front door and go over, and there's a piece of gravel laying on the <laughs> tile right in the middle. And I'm like, hmm. you guys, I'm trying to read a book. <laughs> so, 
so her little her welly guys came and visited me while I was reading it, and little, in subs- little Wellington friends. In yeah. subsequent readings, it has never happened again. Huh. Mm. But uh, and yeah, that was kind of interesting, and that's just kind of I'm like, I'm in Tennessee, you're in Washington State. How long did it take you to fly here after you found out I was going to read this book? Pretty instantaneous, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it's, and if you're not open to that kind of stuff, I have a feeling that, you know, it, you'd think, wow, where'd the gravel come from? And you'd go back to reading the book. And then I'm like, all right, guys, let me finish it. Well, I think it's interesting because that was, remember when he first came to my house, that was how he got my attention was by dropping something on the tile by my front door? Yep. Yep. <laughs> My little hitchhiker that doesn't even know me. <laughs> he must know you. He was there. Yeah. So that, that falls into a, the realm of my favorite stuff. So, you guys ready for the lightning round? Is anyone sure, ever sure. really ready? Uh, we're really ready for this, Cheryl. <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. Jake has been ready for the lightning round for his entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what's going to happen. Is Rick here? Rick, you here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. Just want to make sure we didn't, we didn't lose you. Um, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to play an, a lightning round introduction that, that Chuck Gotsky made for us a while back when Karen used to do the lightning round. And then I'm going to ask you guys some questions. All right. You ready? I'm down. All right. We're ready. It's time for... The lightning round. I have some questions for you. And the lightning round is something that we used to do. Karen used to ask us some silly, funny questions, and we'd try to answer them really quickly. And, you know, it was a lot of fun. So my first question is, NASA recently posted a job opening for a new planetary protection officer. And contrary to what might be running through your mind right now, this job does not involve creating plans to defend Earth from space aliens. The job, I know. The job actually entails making sure NASA spacecraft do not contaminate other planets with any organisms from Earth, as well as ensuring that any samples taken back to Earth are properly cared for and do not threaten our ecosystem. A noble goal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to pretend, for the sake of our lightning round, that this job, this planetary protection officer for, for NASA, really does involve protecting Earth from extraterrestrial intelligent life forms. So I want to ask, if you were appointed the next NASA Planetary Protection Officer, what plan of action would you devise to protect Earth from space aliens? And oh, a- I know. Karen. Giant condom. <laughs> that, that's brilliant. They did that in that's Vietnam, actually. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That's I how we play it. the lightning round. Yeah. The job is mine. <laughs> you win. Thank you, it's the best ever. I'm not gonna be able to get Generally, go on everyone else. All right, Rick. I just, you know what? If if I get the job, I, I, this is all I'm gonna say. I hope that they make an action figure. Okay. <laughs> all right, uh, Teresa. Oh well, if they can hire me to do the job, but my first plan of action is to actually delegate the tough stuff to Wade. Yeah. He's got guns. He's a a security officer. He's got the guns. Chad. I really think that. And he's he's more diplomatic than I am, actually. You know what? Jim thinks it's 
Jim thinks guns are going to protect us from stuff like that too. So yeah, go go boys. You guys really do need to come out. We can go have a have a shootout. Yes, we would love that. Except for the fact that he's going to show Wade all the toys to put on the M4, and that's going to cost me a lot more money. Uh, I know. Good redneckity <laughs> fun. Chad, we what like, do you say? We like to blow stuff up. Um, well, obviously you've never seen the movie Red Dawn, Karen, because we'd have to go to the mountains with our guns, and they would have to come get us. <laughs> Wolverines! Wasn't that That's weird? right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I also say the Second Amendment would be my... My uh, protection program. Yeah. All right, all right, uh, Chuck. Lord, I had to be in the end of this, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I would have to say that you know, just like any good investigation team, you have to have cool shirts and cool hats. That's the first thing I do. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I, and I'm going to add to that. <laughs> you have to have a really big party to welcome them because I don't think we need to protect Earth from extraterrestrials. We'll just give them music and booze. And, the, you know, they'll blend right in, right? That's right. We can put on that song. Okay, but music, music and booze is good. And then if they get rowdy, we put weight on the job. All right, all right. I'll agree to that. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. Uh, next question. According to unexplainedmysteries.com, a 3,500-year-old lunchbox was recently found in the Swiss Alps. I want to ask. Nummy, nummy, nummy. Yes. I hope it was like tuna fish. <laughs> what? I hope it was like a tuna sandwich. If you lived 3,500 years ago, name one thing that you would have invented and why. Chuck. Oh, my God. So I can, like, invent anything to do it? Chocolate ice cream, of course. Ice cream. All right. Ice cream, yes, definitely. Okay. Okay, Chad. Well, it's actually uh, three things. The uh, first, the internet, then computers, then Microsoft, so I can be rich. <laughs> nice, Chad. Nice, nice. Uh, Teresa, uh, beer and toilet paper. <laughs> yep. Okay. In that order. In that order. All right. <laughs> Karen. I would invent crystal singing bowls so that I could tune the frequency of the planet and raise everybody's vibration earlier than we did and maybe avoid all this crap. Oh, metaphysical. I can yes. be serious, folks. Yes. Rick. Uh, the flashlight. That's a good one. That's a good one. I like the ghost. Get- he didn't say. Did you say the flashlight? No, no, I didn't say. I didn't say flasher. flashlight. Uh, I said the flashlight. Oh, I thought you said flashlight. Oh, here, no. Here. no, I heard him correctly the first time. Oh. <laughs> why, Rick? Moving on. All right, I'm not going to answer. It's like man on the download. to me. Oh dear Lord. Okay. All right. All right. I think. I think. <laughs> Thank God for the edit button. I think Ghost Gadget Guy in the chat room has has, it has the answer, though. I think he's got the winner. Oh, bacon. 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 Come on, bacon. 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 I was going to say... Everything. It's like 42. I was going to say I was going to invent the Snuggie, but I like bacon better. You could make a bacon Snuggie. Invent a bacon Snuggie. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh. Wow. A high five. Whoop, whoop. Uh, that'd be kind of 
a bacon <laughs> snuggie back 3,500 years ago with predators. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not right. a good idea. Oh, yeah. Not a good idea. If we had the beer that you had, we wouldn't care. We'd just exactly. But if we invented guns as well. <laughs> That's why we have weight around. Nice. Nice. All right. Question three. The SETI Institute which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, has developed a new project called Laser SETI in an effort to search for extraterrestrial life. The project would place specialized cameras around the world to look for laser flashes from deep space that might actually be signals from extraterrestrial civilizations. In fact, SETI currently has an Indiegogo campaign to raise funds for this project. It's at $56,423 as of earlier today, and they have a goal of... 124 when I get done with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it has a goal of $100,000. I think they have 15 days less left of, as of today. This is a well-worthy campaign. All right. My question is, let's say that SETI does detect extraterrestrial life, and we invite them to Earth... And they show up. What is the first thing you'd say to our new alien friends, Karen? Um, gosh, I would probably offer them some pot because they were. If they showed up here, it would be Washington, and it's legal. Here, have a ball. <laughs> and not only that, if they came to attack us, right? Yeah. They wouldn't be able to get off the couch. Well, good point. I didn't think of it that way. It's kind of like a universal fair. answer. Have a bomb. <laughs> Rick. What would I say? I'd be yeah. like, Zup. No, I, you know what? Um, I would, I would I say, like, no intelligent life here. Move along. Yeah. Really? Chuck. Oh, I see. I am not on the down low. Well, you're going to have to be saying that a lot, I think. I think so. Teresa. Oh, come on. Ask the country girl. I'm going to say howdy. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. Come on in. I would like to change my answer. Yes. I would say, if you think I'm sexy. Oh, my God. There's the dialogue right there, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Chad. Uh, I would ask them if. Greet them with Rod Stewart. <laughs> I would ask them if the answer to life really was 42. Oh. Uh, Philosophical. I like Bob's answer. Bob's from, answer uh, is we are not food. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a Twilight Zone episode? No, it's from, from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, that. Oh, oh. Sorry. Oh. Okay. Uh, no, I meant Bob's, not Chad's. Oh, yeah, we are not food. Yeah. Not- I would say, and this is dependent upon them being very friendly and, and, and not angry. Um, I would I would tell them to pull up a chair because I would have a lot of questions for them. All righty, moving on. The Low Files premiered on A&E last night. The show synopsis is as follows. So pretty. Quote, actor Rob Lowe takes his lifelong interest in unsolved mysteries to next level as he and his two sons, Matthew and John Owen, investigate strange stories and spooky legends across America. I watched the first episode, as I told you earlier tonight, and I thought it was a fun show. If you had your own paranormal show, what would it be called, Chad? Um, Well, I would probably call it Low Energy Paranormal. 
or paranormal slacker. slacker. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. better. All right. Okay. Uh, let's go to Teresa next. Oh wow! I was planning on having a little more time to think this through. Uh, mine would probably be called <laughs> "Haunted the way the game is played." <laughs> <laughs> Haunted shit, whatever. <laughs> Karen, I would watch that. Pair a party with Karen. Pair a party, all right. Pair a party. Rick, what would your haunted show be called? Uh, Rick Hale does the paranormal. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> Dude. Ooh. All right, that's oh, R. That's R rated. That's R rated, right? Not X rated. I don't know. Chuck. I have nothing. I have absolutely nothing to that. Isn't that terrible? Yes, that is terrible. Mm-hmm. It is. It is I awful. have nothing. We're gonna All sit right. here with dead air until you come up with an answer. Oh, this is gonna be one. Oh my God, Chad! We have one for you. We have one for oh. Chad. Has one for what? you in the chat room. What? Yeah. The paranormal dead low. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, want to, I don't want to beat the dead horse. <laughs> All right. But, you know, yeah. Maybe okay. that could be the name of your paranormal show, be Beating the Dead Horse with Chuck. Dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And by the way, you know who my co-host would be on Paraparty with Karen? Who? Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, okay then. No, I'm just you call that a haunting? <laughs> <laughs> you know what my show would be called? And you guys would never guess this in a million years. You would never guess this. Paranormal, under, paranormal Underground. Okay, well, you did guess it in like a second. <laughs> of course that's what it would be. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. I find that amusing. Okay, let's move on. Number five. I've got two more. According to TechCrunch.com, Paranormal Activity Director Oren Paley, did I pronounce his name right? I don't even know, launched a new social app. It has nothing to do with the paranormal. It's called Spot, and it's designed to help users create, find, and join local events. If you were to create one app that is actually paranormal-related, what would it be? And then, if you were to create one app that is not paranormal-related, what would it be? Chuck. I knew you were going to do this to me. First one up. (laughs) So wait, you said one is paranormal related? Yes, yes. All evidence in would be a good app where, you know, people from all over can put their evidence into like a pool where people can look at it and study it and see if they match and stuff like that. I think it'd be a great database for something like that. That'd be kind of cool. Nice. Rick is next. You know what? Because this is a family show, I got nothing. Oh, please. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's see. Come on. Let's skip Rick. We want it to be a family show. This is a family show. It's not a family show anymore. Karen? <laughs> it's a family show. Well, I would like I would like an app that sprinkles fairy dust on people and makes them be nice. Is that paranormal? Yes, that's definitely paranormal. Definitely. No, no, no. That's my non-paranormal one. And then oh. the other one I want, yeah, like it, but it would be shaped like a unicorn, so it would part the... <laughs> and for my my paranormal one, I want the Paradrama Squasher app. Ooh! And oh! Button, so whenever anybody starts Paradrama, you push a button and it's like wah wah or squash it or you know. Yeah. <laughs> or make a farting sound. 
Nice. Or it, sends, or it sends Wade over to their house with a big hammer. Uh, anything like that, yeah. <laughs> Wade has now become the... In- He's become the enforcer now because he's not here. We could call it the paranormal beef squasher. Chad? Well, I would actually want something that actually does detect paranormal activity, whereas most of these apps nowadays probably don't. Like maybe something that actually takes photos of ghosts. What? What? Are you kidding me? The ghost finder is real? Sure. God damn it, Chad. Oh, yeah. to, uh, you, just, you just killed 20 years of research for me, man. Yeah. Yep. Pretty bucks on my pocket right there. And then I'd want an app that could actually tell me the winning lottery numbers. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. You don't have to use it once. Yeah. That's true. Teresa. Of course it would cost $20 million, but, you know, to download. Oh, let's see. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm, I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm thinking on this. I'm thinking way too much. Uh, paranormal hound dog, something that can actually sniff out paranormal activity. That would be my paranormal. Oh, that's kind of cool. I paranormal, like it. The, the parasniffer. Yeah, yeah. The parasniffer. Yeah. yeah, I'm from Tennessee. We have hound dogs. Okay. <laughs> um, and for non-paranormal, uh, new ice cream recipes every day. Hmm. That could be trouble right there. No fruit. (laughs) No fruit in these ice cream recipes. Just, just no. Just decadence. All right. Well, I have lots of ice cream recipes, but that's another show for another day. I think I've already talked about my non-paranormal related app before, but you know it's the best one. So I've got to have a sushi finder app. Yeah. Oh my God! Somebody just told me. I had really really good sushi in Hawaii, Cheryl. Oh, you did? I I thought of you while I was eating sushi in Hawaii because the seafood there is so fresh. Yes, I know. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. As far as my paranormal one, I don't have any catchy name, but I want a paranormal app that where people can go and report like real time paranormal experiences and share their their experiences with others. Kind of what Chuck was saying, but he wants it for evidence. You want it for experiences. Yes, they could be correct. together. You guys yeah. could be together and work on we that. Create our own, own app, Cheryl. Let's oh my God, it. we could be rich with that too. You know, I right? know we could. Oh yeah, we let's do it. So. All right, we'll talk later. It doesn't even right. have to work. People will probably buy it. <laughs> they just all think they're shit. <laughs> all right, are you guys ready for the last lightning round question? Never. Oh. Yeah. Because this is the best one of them all. Oh, God. Rocker Alice Cooper just released a new album called Paranormal. Paranormal, I got it today. Oh, you did? Oh, my God. Okay, did you listen to it yet? It's awesome. Okay, nice. Wait, what? There's a new mm-hmm. album called... Who has it? Par- Alice Cooper. Alice, Alice Cooper. Okay, I'm sorry. You guys cut out when you were saying Oh, okay. That, so. It's it's titled Paranormal, and according to Blabbermouth.net, Cooper said of the album, quote, My definition of paranormal is something that is other than normal or alongside of normal. You could say my whole career has been that. I would look at what was normal and step outside of it, end quote. If you were to release your album, what would you call it? Rick? Uh, that's a good title right there. <laughs> I, I think that's it right there. Uh, how do you spell that? It doesn't matter. 
figure it out upon copywriting. Um, <laughs> oh my God! What would I name my my album? Yeah. Or what would I what would I name my your album? new album? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I got nothing except oh, the R. Is it You're on the pirate. You just jump into a pirate, aren't you? Exactly. I got a. I got. I got one leg. It's the pirate. Yeah, it's your parrot. Your parrot. Nice. iPad. And a hat. And yeah. The pirate rock. There you go. You rock. Pirate rock. Chad. Well, I can't really think of anything. The only thing that pops in my head when I think of my own album would be like D and D in the basement or something like that. That would be appropriate. Mm. D and D on the demo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Teresa. My album title would probably be called No, really. <laughs> really. Karen. Really. I am so relieved that nobody has taken my album cover name yet because I was worried that perhaps somebody might. Because I think a lot of people want to do this. It's going to be called the musicality of armpit parts. <laughs> wow. I don't think I... <laughs> I that was the last I thing thought. I thought you'd say. All right. <laughs> what was I'm that, Rick? Really? <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, you know what? I think I would buy that. And then I thought, no, nah, I think I would just stream it illegally. <laughs> Chuck, what's your album called? Oh, my album cover is going to be Dubstep Down Low. Oh, Duh. you really are going to have to. Oh, you are going to have God. to change your name to Chucky Down Low. <laughs> Chucky Down Low. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was pretty catchy. That is catchy. Thank you. I like it. Not as Thank catchy. You. Not as catchy as mine. Oh, what's yours? Sushi 2000. Oh, yeah, not of course. A, yeah, got... it's. Um, okay. <laughs> is it just like stomachs gurgling after they've eaten bad sushi? <laughs> yep, that's the whole album right there. You nailed it. You and nailed like, it. Vomits out. <laughs> Usually, it's followed by a case of uh, diarrhea or something. Oh God! How did we get here? Oh my! Oh my God! Oh my God! Okay. All right. And that is the end of the lightning round, and I'm sure our listeners are thrilled. God. It usually devolves, and it did. And it did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it See, sure did. For all time sake. Couldn't be, be as uh, evocative as mine, and they were fine. All right. Like, yes. In, <laughs> day, in days to come, when I'm sitting and thinking, what do I take away from this latest round table? It's going to be. Down low sure doesn't mean what it used to. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, T. You know, You're welcome. That's really good because we try to make people think. We are here to inform people. You know what we yes. need? We need that little NBC, the more you know, sound in the stars. We do. I like that. Bob says oh. it was one of our better shows. Yeah, but up earlier oh, he said, Thank you. Where did I go from that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I suspect that Bob probably starts drinking at the beginning of the show and he deteriorates along with us, would be my yes. guess. Well, sometimes it goes downhill from the very beginning. It's true. At we least we wait until the end. So guess what time it is? No. Uh. Thanks for coming, you guys. This was fun. I'm glad we all got together. Thanks for having me. Yeah. 
Thanks for the invite. Thank you. All right. So Thank is that fun. it? Are we signing out? We are. Si- sign us out, Karen. Sign it out. All right. So uh, we don't know when we'll be back, but you keep your eye on that dial or on that email and um, come back because, you know, I'm sure we'll be much better behaved next time. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> no, for I'm not to... making that promise. I'm not either. I said I'm sure we will be, but there was I was lying. Um, so thank you everybody for listening to Paranormal Underground Radio in the in, not in the dark Paranormal Underground Radio the reunion the reunion show uh, for from all of us to all of you nighty night 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 now please stay tuned for our correspondence segments including a report from Maria Anna Vandriel who recently spoke with physics professor and PhD Bill Murray at CERN, which is the European Organization for Nuclear Research based in Switzerland. The physicists at CERN are asking questions such as what is the universe made of and how did it start? And to find answers, they are using some of the world's most powerful particle accelerators. Dr. Murray's involvement at CERN includes understanding the interactions and properties of the Higgs boson using the Atlas detector at the Large Hadron Collider. He also searches for new physics, especially dark matter. Maria's visit to CERN focused on research and experiments going on to find other dimensions and create artificial time tunnels or wormholes. And in another correspondent segment, we hear from Crystal Vermis and Manny Vega about some strange happenings in Chicago, including a haunted hotel in the city and flying humanoid sightings in the Chicago area. In the beginning, there was only darkness. And then, bang! An endless expanding of the existence of time, space, and matter. Every day, new discoveries are unlocking the mysterious, mind-blowing, and dangerous secrets of a place we call the universe. Then, In 1905, Albert Einstein published his theory of relativity, what makes time travel an open question. Hi, this is Maria Anna van Riel, Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark Correspondent, live from the CERN in Geneva. And with this beacon behind me, we are going to try to shine some light into the depths of what we can only imagine, an ever-dimming world known as science fiction. So we're just standing outside the the reception to the the CERN main site. So CERN is a kind of triangle of land which is sort of behind us here. Um, This is where about 2,000 people have offices, they're employed and, and they're working. Most of those people are engineers. CERN is, a, is an engineering laboratory that creates large facilities. The, uh, the researchers are 99% of them at universities around the world, and they're coming here to do their research. So I'm an example of one of those. I'm a, a, a professor at Warwick University, and uh, I come and spend you know, time as I, as I can here. But of course, these days you can analyze data wherever you are in the world. It doesn't have to be. You, know, you don't have to be here to, to work, but it helps to be able to talk to people. So you come. The reason for our visit at the CERN is to get the following question answered. Is there plausible proof out there 
of still unknown life forms moving within the fluctuations between the dimensional planes which form our reality. I do have a question. You skipped that Z particle very yes. quick. But that is one of the, uh, including the W particles, is... Yep. Uh, That's the weak force, is the W yeah. And they can uh, show dimensions. They could have done. They haven't yet. Not yet. Serious? No, I mean, they, everything looks as if space is three-dimensional. We have no... Space and time. You're okay. right. Four-dimensional. <laughs> fine. Fine. Good point. I shouldn't neglect that. But... Um, yeah, it's ten dimensions we have no experimental evidence for in the least. There's nothing. nothing but they else. never have found a Z or a W yet. No, no, we found lots of Ws and Zs. Yeah, yeah. So. But but they they just look the way they should in ordinary four-dimensional space-time. Okay. They they could be good evidence for extra dimensions if they had if they behaved in odd ways. But they don't behave in odd ways. They behave exactly as the standard model says they should behave. We're getting more data. I mean, this year we expect to get more data than ever before. It could be we'll start to see some rare interactions and start to get evidence of extra dimensions. Actually, I think well, that's well, the how, least. That's the, that would be the most surprising result. Now, how do they look like when you see it with a human eye, with a naked eye? What what you would effectively see? Well, um, in waves or no. What what you'd see in the detector is it would look as if energy didn't balance. It would look a bit like dark matter, actually. You'd see something going up and nothing going down. Yeah. The explanation of what's happening is that um, if, you, if you think of a piece of string, if you yeah. look at it close up, it's three-dimensional. Yeah. If you look at it from a distance, it's, it's, we can call it one-dimensional. It just looks like a line. Yeah. Um, as you get your microscope closer, you get atlas closer to the middle, you see it's three-dimensional. Yeah, that, uh, and that's you can see the ant going around Example with the ant and the okay. rope. And, and also, you can, go, you can start spinning around it. If you, if you tied yourself to it, you could, so that you'd have momentum around the bit of string, which would make no sense to the person standing back and say, well, you're still just there on a piece of string. He wouldn't see that you're moving around it. So you can, you can absorb momentum in ways that would, would be invisible. And so that but would look as if momentum was... when it gets you get an extra dimension. Yeah, so, so what we would see in our detector would be momentum not adding up and it would look as if something was just disappearing. But it's not an extra dimension in a form that you have a complete different frequency and a complete different uh, view different. of life really, or evolution. It really would be a different, you know, another direction to go in. I can't draw another direction to go in, but, you know. Um, the, the, but you know the, what I mean in dimensions? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, just an, an it's not, yeah, another it's dimension in frequencies, what you can a, see, but does cross uh, hours not, or other it's, frequencies. It's not just it's not a question of frequency so much. I mean, you know, the, the dimensions I have are up and down, left and right, and forward and back. It's adding another direction to go in, which is independent in of those things. Mm. So, like you know, like time we were discussing, is that another dimension? Well, it gives you another direction to move in. Um, it would be one another of those, and, and but but we would not we would never sort of somehow magically unroll it to make it visible to the human eye. All we'd be able to do is see that our our particles are behaving in weird ways because they're able to move in these extra dimensions. We haven't seen it, but that was what we were looking for. It's one of the things That's we're looking for. That's very interesting. In the early universe, with the Big Bang, everywhere was plasma <coughs> originally, and it cooled down. And it's just, you know, we're, we're not at a temperature pressure conditions to make it very much. So we have to create those artificially by colliding two lead nuclei, and that's how we make our plasma, and it evaporates very rapidly. But and, and those particles, you're saying, those epsilons and uh, 
ZNW. Could that be one of the original building blocks for the atom that we know today? Uh, all these things are heavier than the atoms we know today. Um, so, we, now the, 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 the pattern of the quarks, the, the six quarks that we know, up, down, charm, strange, top, bottom, the, the light ones, the up and the down, I don't think they're made of the heavier ones in any say. That, that wouldn't make much sense to me. And uh, I don't, you know, we're always looking it's to difficult. see what they're made of. But we have no, as far as we know, they're just completely fundamental objects that aren't made of anything. Now, next year, maybe we'll, we'll look more deeply and say, oh yeah, they are actually made of bits, but today we don't know, you know, they just seem to be points, as far as we can so tell. So we have to wait for at like, least maybe, a year. <laughs> maybe, maybe they are just points, you know, but, but we can never tell. We can only tell you this is the size that we've been able to look. On the scale that we've been able to look, they're just dots. We can't see, we can't see far enough than we can see. Okay. Uh, Okay, well, thank you for the conversation. It's being said by some that thanks to the efforts of thousands of scientists, we no longer have faith in the paranormal events. But science doesn't explain or debunk neither one's experience nor one's faith. It helps to understand how real the unexplained is. Brilliant scientists are open-minded. So why not you? I'm Crystal Vermis. And I'm Manny Vega. We are your Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark Correspondence. We are also the hosts of the All Day Paranormal Podcast and All Day Paranormal After Dark, the YouTube show. Find out more about us at GetSpooked.net. Now for our Paranormal News segment of the week. All right, let's get into some paranormal news. This story is about... Uh, a haunted hotel in Chicago. I will start off by saying that it is unnamed at the moment. Okay. But as the story begins, if you're heading to Chicago for an overnight stay and you happen to see some of Air India's crew members lingering in the lobby, be warned, your hotel could be haunted. The paranormal activity reportedly has the crew of Air India so freaked out that they've been forced to share rooms because they're afraid of sleeping alone. The matter has allegedly driven the deputy chief of cabin to uh, to write to Air India asking the airline to look into the matter immediately. Further, the uh, the person who wrote the letter said, I would also request you do not assign me to any Chicago flights until the hotel is changed as it is very uncomfortable in this hotel. Hmm. So the original source who reported this was India Today and India Today could not verify whether the letter was a hoax or not. They did not reach out to an airline spoke, uh, but they did reach out to an airline spokesperson. Uh, I'm just going to say, uh, I can't pronounce his first name. Let me try here. Uh, Dananjay Kumar. Yeah, Dananjay. That sounds right. Yeah. Who said the matter is under investigation and that Air India is in contact with our Chicago station, quote hmm. unquote. This is what the letter said uh, that, you know, they wrote upon request of the, the poor folks who were being haunted. Sure. Majority of the crew are facing negative energies through paranormal activities in the hotel. Most of us share rooms uh, and sleep as we feel scared sleeping alone, which is very unpleasant. After which, operating in ULH, we are not able to get proper rest as these things keep playing in our minds. Mm. Even online, there is a complete description about incidents of paranormal activities about this hotel. Uh, in this, uh, it says it was you know they knew about it when they signed the contract to stay right, there. Right, so the company should have known not to. Yeah, they should have known not to place them in this hotel. 
Uh, I have been coming to this hotel since November 2016, and every time something unpleasant ha has been happening. I would request you look into the matter and change this hotel on an urgent basis, as most of us don't feel comfortable staying here. And then, you know, of course, the person who authored the letter, who's anonymous, says, you know, um, you know, don't don't book me in this hotel. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he says, let's not wait for anything uh, terrible to happen. Uh, we need to take action now. Wow. So he's really like an urgent concern. What's the name of the hotel before you go? Well, well, so no, the hotel um, isn't named. It's not named, but it's in Chicago. That's why it's in Chicago. That's why it's the story freaking. starts out with, if you happen to see the crew of Air India lingering in the lobby, right. then and that's your hotel. That's the hotel. Yeah. I have a feeling, you know, I didn't do deep digging, but I have a feeling if you did look around, you know, it seems like there are documented paranormal activity at this hotel. Yeah. If you did a little digging, you could probably find which one it is. Although I will say Chicago is old, just like Boston, where we are. And, you know, we have like all of our hotels are haunted. The so Omni. it might be like a little hard to narrow it down. The but. Omni Parker House is, is infamously haunted. Uh, it kind of actually, what, doesn't it sell itself that way? I'm like, hey, stay in the haunted room. Like, No, I don't know if you can stay in it, though. You can't stay in it? Well, I mean, I'm sure you can, but I don't know if they market. I don't know if they Perhaps market I'm wrong. it. Perhaps I'm I don't know, way. but it certainly seems like it. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about that? Well, that's, that's pretty... I think it's a legitimate concern. If you're you're a flight crew, you're, like they said, we whatever ULH is, I'm assuming it's a type of plane. Yeah. You're supposed to be, like, rested here. You're supposed to be, like... Right. I, yeah. I think that's legit. I mean, you know, one way or another, these people are having a hard time getting to sleep, and I think if you're... If you're running this airline, you can't exactly have your your pilot, you know, tired as he gets on a plane because he freaking, you know, what, whether it's a haunting, would you believe it or not? Guy can't get sleep in his hotel. Put him in a different hotel. I think it's I think it's pretty academic for them to try and make a, a change. Mm -hmm. Whether or not the place is legitimately haunted, again, I'd, that's another name. But I have to do some research. To oh out. boy, you don't, oh I, do you, boy. So you believe that it's haunted based on their accounts? I do only because um, I don't know how cool I'd be with like, like there, you know, I don't think you just one-off a letter like yeah. i don't think it's so ca it's such a casual thing you know i think you really have to like something had to happen that was so extreme that someone wrote a letter about it so do you think um do you think there's like a strength in numbers or, or or there's more validity in the fact that there's more people who are saying that it's haunted or do you think it's the opposite where it's like kind of a mass hysteria one person fuels another person's paranoia and next thing you know everybody thinks it's i haunted. actually i think it's i want to say it's the first yeah it's the first you think it's yeah it's more validity Everyone, more validity yeah the fact that so many people in this crew are saying but but I do think that they're, you know, who are the people who receive this letter? I guess what it'd be the hotel or something. I, but they're probably all going to like airline management. Yeah, they manage. They're probably going to shrug it off though until more people come forward. Maybe like crew members who say, "Hey, I can vouch for this," because you know it's so like people always do that with the paranormal. Yeah, but I feel like it's an easy fix. Like I said, you know, for the airline management, it's pretty simple. Your crew can't sleep. You need them to be alert and awake on an airplane to make sure everything's safe. So what the hell? Who cares? Like, just switch the hotel. Yeah, but, but how, you know, when people say the paranormal, like, sure. that's never a good enough excuse, so. Eh, I guess it depends. I don't know. Maybe they're progressive over there at Air India. Maybe they'll say, mm -hmm. we're, do we're doing our best for our employees. We're, we're, watch <laughs> we're looking out for them, whether it's paranormal or not. I think you got to so take care of your people. You have a really, uh, you have a good update, right? Because I've been trying to follow this story. Yes, I have a, I have a few updates here. Um, fortunately, Lon Strickler over at Phantoms and Monsters has been keeping uh, a very close eye on a story that's been developing pretty much all year, at least, at least since the spring, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, it's one we've talked about here on the show, these sort of phantom monsters, these weird uh, birds. You know, people. some people say Mothman. Let's not call them birds, well, because that makes it sound like... 
animal. It's been described in a very different. I mean, some people have described it as a bat. Some people have described it as a winged humanoid. Some people have described. Yeah, but are it as you saying man. cryptid? Are you saying supernatural or supernatural animal? I'm like saying supernatural. Natural. So natural. If, if it is natural, then it's like a freakish monster. Yeah, so like don't call thing. it birds because I don't want to dismiss these people's claims. I actually really do believe in the claims that it may be a humanoid, a flying yeah. humanoid. Yeah. Now we're talking. We're talking unusual. Okay. So if it is a bird, then it's the biggest bird that ever existed because it's a pterodactyl. Yeah. Like it's. We're talking unusual cryptid, winged creature. Uh, that is haunting various neighborhoods in Chicago. Speaking of Chicago, a lot of some weird stuff going on over there, apparently. Um, and these are a few of the latest reports um, about this this Chicago phantom. Right. So it's interesting because some people, uh, you know, it's easy to say Mothman, but I feel like a lot of people are calling it just like a flying humanoid. Right. Almost and, like Chicago has its own Mothman. Right. And you're going to hear some various um, uh, terminology here in this story. So... Uh, this is a report that uh, uh, Phantoms and Monsters picked up from UFO Clearinghouse, and it's from a person named Manuel Navarrete. He says, I would like to report a sighting that I had today in downtown Melrose Park, Illinois, at Winston Plaza, just outside the Best Buy store. I was coming out of the Best Buy with my husband when we saw what looked like a large black bat that flew over the building. It must have been at least 20 feet or more up in, up in the air and was solid black and flying very fast. I reached for my phone to try to get a picture of it, but by the time I fished it out of, uh, out of my purse, unlocked it, and pulled up the camera, the bat had flown quite a distance away from us. I was able to snap one good picture of the object before it got too far away from us. I'm not the greatest photographer, and my cell phone is a couple years old already. You can relate to that. Uh, but you, Jeez, can see, <laughs> you can see the object in the picture flying off to the east towards the city. Uh, I did not see a lot of detail as it was up in the air and flying away from us pretty fast. I do remember it was solid black bigger than any bird I have seen, and had a large pair of wings that must have been seven feet wide. I hope the picture helps in telling what it was or was not. I'm going to show you an image here. It's a pretty, pretty clear image. Can you tell the people what you see? It looks like, um, I mean, it reminds me of when you're trying to draw a bird in the sky. Yeah. So you make a V shape. Yeah. But it's really big. Like, Despite how far, Hmm. despite how far away it looks, I mean, the wingspan would be like twenty feet or something crazy. So it's it's just flying over this like parking lot, uh, apparently Chicago. And this is a zoomed in shot of it, um, which kind of reminds me of the Batman symbol. I gotta say. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, zoomed in, it's kind of pixelated. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, like I said, the V shape that you draw when you're trying to depict birds in a drawing. Exactly. So, so Lon has been. you know, he actually has an interactive map. If you go to phantomsandmonsters.com, you can see his map of all these uh, various sightings around Chicago of this phantom creature. And this one he's put in, it's Melrose Park, so it's uh, pretty much west Chicago, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, far from Lake Michigan. Uh, but he adds a note onto his story here. He says, Manuel lives near the location, so he went out there this evening and took a few images. He will go back out in the daylight for a better perspective. This is po- possibly the first photo of this being. We're hoping we can obtain uh, a more definitive image or video soon. I want to note and give a nod of appreciation to our Chicago Phantom investigative research team. There's a lot of people here who are out there, uh, he, he names them all, who are out there taking photos uh, and trying to get some sightings. So that's one of two stories and two updates here about um, this flying humanoid. There's another one just a day later on Saturday, August 5th, um, that apparently co- occurred in River Forest, Illinois, which is also in the Chicago area. This was reported to MUFON. The story goes, I walked with my three girls to the corner 7-Eleven after my oldest got out of soccer practice. We usually do this after each one has practice as a little treat run before walking home. This day was overcast and quite a bit cooler than the previous days, which were very hot and muggy. After we got our slushies and other snacks, we proceeded to walk home along the usual route, which takes us past the practice fields at Dominican University. 
We were all talking and laughing when I spotted what looked like a giant bat flying just above the treetops at the corner of Division Street and William Street, where we crossed the road to head towards home. I showed it to my girls as the bat turned toward where we were standing. This sudden move scared my five- and seven-year-old, who cowered down and screamed. The bat was flapping its wings and flew above us and over the football field. It then banked and flew off in a southwestern direction and disappeared over some treetops. We, stu- we stood there for about two minutes, stunned, before I collected my girls, who were scared and sobbing, and I continued the rest of the way home. The bat looked like it had human-like arms and legs, just a lot bigger, and had a large pair of bat-like wings as it flapped and flew. It was black with some gray, but there were no distinguishable features. I know what I saw was real and had to be a living creature. There was no sound, but it was a solid object. I asked each of my girls to describe what they saw, and they all agreed that it looked like a huge black bat. They were very scared, and I had to explain to them we may have just seen a very big bat, and there was nothing to be scared of. So again, Lon, um, Lon map, maps it there, and it's you know you see Melrose Park there. It's actually in this map, and this sighting is a little more east of it, but pretty close to yeah. where Melrose Park yeah, is. Yeah, it is. And it's just a day later, so they could have very well been the exact same, the same creature. Thing. Oh well, I will just say though, if it's really that big and it has that big of wings, who? who who cares? You could have told me it was like across town, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I'm sure it flew that span in like a sh- <laughs> short period of time because the thing's huge." Right, but uh, it, is, it does help its case. Exactly. Lon, Lon adds a note on here. He says it's a very dramatic encounter. He wished he could have talked to the witness himself, but he says, uh, um, "You know, these recent sightings seem to be becoming more personal." This sighting was about one and a half miles from the Melrose Park sighting, same day and in late afternoon. I guess it actually was the same day. That's pretty interesting. Um, Another oddity that may or may not be related to this sighting is that I sensed the words Dominican and University while conducting a remote session yesterday for the Drennan case. I went back to check and the words were in my session notes. That's bizarre. So for whatever reason, he seemed to almost intuit that he would get a report about the sighting near Dominican University uh, later that same day. So two sightings within a mile and a half of each other. Same type of creature. If I were him, I'd be a little upset that now I'm somehow caught into this case because that's terrifying well he's so invested <laughs> he he's, seems very he's following well he it. seems like he's caught in the hold if anything and now, be careful now psychically he's getting like yeah, all sorts of intuitions that's crazy but what do you think of this so this is i know, love it months. i am tracking this story yeah. like yeah and i just haven't ta- i don't know have we talked about it on here we talked about the show okay that's what i thought i i haven't been doing these little updates on it because they're so little, you know, and, and and you just don't know if it's ever going to expand into a real story. But now there's just keeps they keep piling up. Yeah, you know. It, so I think we should keep tracking them. It's pretty interesting. So I actually just opened Lon's interactive map. It's a, it's like a Google Map add-on. Um, and so if you take a look at it, there's it's up to 32 reports now um, in the Chicago area. A lot of them are really clustered somewhat near Lake Michigan, uh, kind of central Chicago there. But there's some further flung ones. Um, you know, a few dotted around the south of Chicago as well. Uh, but it's pretty pretty fascinating stuff i mean i wonder what neighborhood this is that it's all centered around uh looks like river north actually that's actually where um my company's office is i was in the river north area back in february so oh man you could have ran into it i just missed out on all the fun <laughs> um but everybody's saying the same thing large human-like black creature giant bat seven foot tall bat huge owl huge black bat r- giant red-eyed bat. mothman a lot of the same stuff mothman. i mean so what the hell what, what could mothman's be? relocated do you think it is or he has a cousin yeah i know i totally think it's like a mothman a mothman. I mean, they said human like arms and legs. You know how like there's Bigfoot, there's skunk ape, and then there's Bigfoot. Yeah. Same shit. You think it's like a cousin? Yeah, I totally do. I don't know about you, but I, thirty-two sightings, man. You can't starting to add can't up. Can't argue with that. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. 
Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net.